Hey everyone, and happy new year. Welcome back to Breaking the Norm. Oh my gosh, I feel like I took a couple weeks off. I was lazy. Uh, I went to Florida for vacation like I do every Christmas. Ended up staying two extra days because of the 10 days I was there. Only the ninth day and the 10th day were above 70 degrees. Christmas Eve, I normally golf. It was 28 degrees in Florida. And then Christmas Day, we actually also play golf in the afternoon, and it was 32. So that didn't happen, but we got to sneak one in. But regardless of that, it was great to be around family and just have a time to get away. I hope you had a great holiday. Merry Christmas to all of you. Happy New Year. I hope you're headed to uh, just a great thing. If you're one of those resolution people, uh, kind of a fresh start uh, today. We've got a show for you. I'm telling you, I'm going to bring my guest in here in just a second. But I want to give a big shout out. In one month, we will be hitting our 12th year here on Breaking the Norm. I can't believe this was an experiment for one month, 12 years ago. And uh, here we are continuing to, to bring you great guests and great stories and the responses and life change has been, uh, it, it's very humbling and to God be the glory, of course, but uh, to be able to have this out there and, and the people here at uh, Union Broadcasting here locally and, and as well as at KRSL um, out in Russell, Kansas and the many other affiliates up in uh, Joliet, Illinois on WJOL that have carried our show for a long time as well. I can't thank you all enough for uh, just letting us be a part of this. And since day one, uh, our, our big partner of truckmovers.com, uh, they've just been incredible, man. Uh, again, the, since 83, the, the nation's leading truck manufacturers and dealers continue to trust truckmovers.com uh, to move their vehicles. It's, it's, it's amazing. It's, it's one truck. It's a, it's a fleet of thousands. Uh, brand new vehicles off the factory floor, used, doesn't matter. They've got the capacity to get it done safely and efficiently, and it's that industry-leading technology and web services that track your vehicle online so you get the real-time reports, the metrics, and all the great stuff keeping you informed. So who doesn't love free? For a free quote, call them at 816-861-5444 or visit truckmovers.com today. Not while you're on the road, of course. Wait till you get somewhere stationary. Don't hurt yourself or somebody else. But look, nobody moves more trucks, and nobody moves them better than truckmovers.com. So uh, we, we, we talk about fresh starts here, and, and many times I've shared my faith with you on the show, and, and the station here has blessed me to be able to do that. I would do it anyway, no matter what anybody said. I would do that anyway, um, but they have been uh, just amazing here at Union Broadcasting, and uh, it, it, it always points to uh, oh, that there's always a fresh start. It's never too late. Um, through faith. Uh, there, is, there can be redemption. There can be uh, just putting the past behind you and moving forward. You know, I always try to tell people, as I do a lot of, of men's life coaching and executive coaching, you can't drive a car forward looking out of your rearview mirror. And so um, this is a really cool story with a really cool guest today. Um, my guest, he's a former uh, Major League Baseball player, which, again, that's going to draw me in. He's a man of faith. That's going to draw me in. He was a relief pitcher uh, for the Houston Astros, the Padres, and the Giants. Um, he was promoted to the Red Sox in 04 when they won the World Series. And, uh, yeah, he had uh, in 2007, he would signed with the Rangers, and uh, he was playing for their AA affiliate, the Frisco Rough Riders. And uh, something happened after a playoff game that night, and we're going to let him tell that story. It's kind of where this whole thing begins. But we're going to dig in to the past, the present, and the future and where he goes. 
He's got a new book. If you're somewhere where you're online and you can check this out, it's called From the Bullpen to the State Pen. And you can also go to brandonpuffer.com, buy that book through his website, through Amazon. Um, make sure that you uh, pick up a copy because this is a really cool story. And then on Twitter, you can follow him at Coach Puff Positive. That's Coach Puff, P O S I T V. And uh, there's also a, a website that I'm going to let him uh, share with you where uh, he does a lot of stuff. Uh, with with kids and with mentoring and baseball and all that. So without further ado, author, former big league pitcher, author, speaker, mentor, and coach, Mr. Brandon Puffer. Brandon, man, it's great to have you on the show, brother. I appreciate you coming here and taking your time, man. Wow, Les, what an intro. I appreciate it. I've been looking forward to this. It's an honor to be here with you. And, uh, man, just looking forward to diving in on this. Yeah, I appreciate you doing that. And for, for folks out there, too, you know, Brandon has been on other podcasts. I really love the podcast that's on YouTube that you set down with Granger Smith, the country music star. He seems like a really down-to-earth, cool dude. But your guys' conversation about faith and what happened, uh, man, it's one of the best interviews I've seen. I really enjoy you both in that interview. So uh, I want to point people to that as well. There's no competition when it comes to what we're talking about. So Granger Smith, um, again, had a great podcast uh, with Brandon Puffer. So, so Brandon, first of all, let's talk about the book real quick. Um, from the bullpen to the state pen, just kind of sharing this whole story that we'll dive into. Where can people pick up a copy of this of, the, of your book? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, as you alluded to, you know, it's on Amazon. Um, BrandonPuffer.com is my website. But, uh, yeah, for, for the most part, um, you know, it's, it's all through Amazon right now. So far, I'm getting some positive reviews. I think, um, you know, my one goal, honestly, was just to maybe encourage one person. And yeah. I've, I've had a few, you know, positive interventions and feedbacks from folks that it sounds like it's encouraging. So I, I'm loving that part of it. And I just hope to be able to encourage more. And as you said in your intro, I mean, you know, faith has been a big part of it. I just, it's just so hard to share the story without the faith aspect. And yeah. um, similar to Granger, who had to go through something pretty serious to, to surrender and kind of, uh, you know, give his life to the Lord, it's kind of, it was my breaking point, my rock bottom, and at the end of the day, I had some folks saying, hey, let's just get through this and move forward and put it in the past, and, and while you, you said, definitely need to only look forward, not in the rearview mirror, if my story from the past, the good, the bad, and the ugly can help encourage people, then that's kind of why I put it in book form. I felt led to do that and had a great team help me with it, and, and now it's out there, and I'm excited to talk about it. Well, Brandon, look, you're, you're a big dude. I mean, when you pitched, you know, we're, we're, we're all tall and lean back when we played, right? And then we, we get we just get a little bit bigger, and, you know, maybe we work out a little bit more. We'll just call it that. But, you know, there's one thing that has changed dramatically even since that, that night in 2007. You know, you're talking 15, 16 years ago, 15 and a half years ago. Mm-hmm. And social media is different. And the humans, yeah. human beings, are always out there uh, – Everybody's insecure. I don't care. You look at the most confident person in the world, and behind every face there's a drama unfolding, and everybody is insecure, and everybody's got their stuff. And as human beings in this sinful skin that we live in, it, it seems like many people want to point the fingers at other people. Uh, they want to write us off when we fail. They want to vocally on social media or even publicly chastise and rip other people apart uh, because it makes them feel better about themselves or because there's just this natural judgment. And, and if everybody could have their skeletons in their closet pulled out for everyone to see, boy, would we have a lot less judgment and finger pointing. But before you, I mean, did you take that into consideration when this, when you decided to write the book 
and and visit this again because here it, 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 shortly we're going to go through what happened that night and what led you to that three and a half out of the five year yeah. uh, prison term. But um, yeah. was that a thought in your mind, like man, I'm just going to get raked over the coals here? You know, that's yes, it, it, it was, and probably would say is still. And, and to your point, I mean, absolutely, I have you know you know thoughts of you know, insecurity and things of that nature. But it's just like, at the end of the day, like I said before, I mean, the baseball kind of gives you the platform. And, it, and it's, yeah. it's cool to be able to say, hey, I was one of however many to make it to the big league. You know, that's great. And, and people are proud of that. And, and people look up to that. But then it's like, well, okay. But I also had this huge fall and, and had to go through time in prison, which completely changed my perspective on everything. And how can I not share that? And so I kind of have to live by the saying of, you know, those who, who – who matter don't mind and and those who mind don't matter and i don't mean that in a derogatory way no, but there's definitely going to be those folks that, well that said, are just going to be like you know what forget it i don't this guy messed up and i did and you have every right to feel that way but then there's there's also so many folks that just have grace and maybe because to your point the amount of times i've been told oh man i've, I've done something i've just never been caught or oh it's not for the grace of god i, I would have spent time yep. um you know so there's, i just feel like the majority of folks they they have grace. They know within themselves that they've messed up as well, and some you know not on the same level or however you want to judge that. But they they do. They they just tend to. I think human humanity just tends to want to give grace, especially if there's you know ownership of your of your yes. your mess up. I think mean, it's huge and important. And then on top of that, a change in behavior. Right? It's like okay, I own this, I did it, and now I want to do differently. And I think when that's the case, I, I look back at like the steroid scandal in baseball, and I look at the guys who. Just you know, it's probably when you were playing less, it was a big deal, and, and it was yep. it was rampant. And I look it, at the it guys cost me a lot of years in the it cost me a lot of years in the big leagues because of the guys that did it, and I was bitter, bitter, bitter. Yes, yes. I so I you know I've done a lot of bad things. I've made some poor choices. I never did it myself, and it was like facing guys. You know, I'm in Sammy Sosa's book, and different guys who who popped up on the radar, and it's like, man, I, we were right in the thick of that, right? Yep. And so. But my point is, the guys who owned it and just said, look, I, I tried to get an edge. I made a mistake. It wasn't right. I wasn't a great role model. It, it just went away, it, it went away for them in terms of you were able to learn from it. Yep. Um, the guys who just adamantly denied it and said, no, 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 when, when they did, and then eventually it came out that they did, well, those guys, you know, we didn't look at so forgivingly because we're like, man, okay, you made a mistake, but you didn't own it. You didn't use it to help others. So yeah. I just believe that, you know, the good, you know, yes, the, the career and the work and all those things, but even the bad, like how can how can someone learn from this so it's not in vain? Because people were hurt during my, you know, I'm just speaking now again for my incident. People were hurt. There was a victim involved. But more than that, my family, my friends, my loved ones, the ones who looked up to me. Yep. It's like, let's not let this be in vain if we can help somebody else avoid that. You know what I mean? Yes, that's good. You know, this morning I was reading uh, in the book of Acts, my quiet time, uh, you know, the first part. I thought of you both in, these, in both of these situations, and it was regarding the Apostle Paul. Because when, when they were stoning Stephen, they laid their coats and their, their tunics and all those things at the feet of Paul. Who he was basically the coat watcher and showing his approval while they were stoning Stephen to death, and then on the road to Damascus, Paul was on his way to be, you know, canceling out Christians and dragging them off to be persecuted and killed, and then you know he yeah. was the Lord met him there and and blinded him for three days and all of a sudden that changed mm -hmm. and so um, immediately you know we were doing the sh recording the show today and I thought you know what this this reminds me of Brandon 
Because like you said, wow. there are so many players out there, not uh, baseball players, so many people not in professional sports mm-hmm. that have done some similar things or different things that could have got them persecuted in a court of law that didn't get caught or something happened. So there's a reason that I feel like there's a reason that, that maybe this did happen to you and that you are being faithful and obedient to God by sharing this story and helping other people and whatever they're dealing with. You know, they're, you're not judged. Um, but if you come out and re- confess it and repent it and deal with it and say, hey, this was me, but now I'm going to give God glory through it, man. This is life-changing stuff. Yeah. So I want to commend you for that. And uh, just to encourage you, you know, I'm reading God's Word and thinking about the Apostle Paul who wrote most of the New Testament, and I thought of you, brother. So yeah. thank you for all you're doing. Wow. Thank you, Les. That, that's great encouragement. It really is. And, I mean, I, I think about... That, you know, the number three, and I, I, I've always used this kind of in jest, but um, it, it's funny how God will, you know, Jonah three days in the, in the, in the belly's whale, or belly, excuse me, the, the belly of the whale, the yeah. fish, you know, Paul three days blind. I'm like, what kind of knucklehead am I that God's like, you need three and a half years, man, not three days. <laughs> you need longer. So that's how I always kind of looked at it is, is hey, Jonah had his three days in the belly. I, this is my time. You know, God, you know, he's got to get a hold of me, and this is what it took. And, um, you know, now it's talking about Paul three days as well. I mean, I do think without a doubt that that was part of my calling. Again, not that we, we didn't surprise God with any of our decisions or anything like that. And people often ask me, as you can imagine, would you change anything? What would you change? And it's like the only thing I'd change is that others besides myself were hurt in this process. Yeah. Um, the other stuff, doing the time, um, the book, the story, the helping others, you know, it just is, that was God's. That, that's that's his plan. That's where I am right now. And so I feel like I'm just walking out the calling that he had for me all along, but he needed me to, to sit down and, and be alone for a while to figure that out. Mm, that's so good. Well, listen, um, this has been a great conversation, but we're already up on our first break. So we're going to wait until next oh, segment to tell the story. Yeah, it goes so fast, buddy. So I'm going to be really short. It won't have the long introduction like this segment, but that's just, okay. what, I, that's just what I do. But uh, we'll, we'll... I love we'll, it. Yeah, we'll talk about... Uh, in, in the coming segment here, what happened that night, um, and, and we'll just let it roll organically through there, because I want people to really hear this story of redemption, the story of faith, second chances, all those things, and yeah. by the way, you're talking about number threes, it was our Savior himself that uh, was uh, crucified and buried and rose on the third day, so mm-hmm. that's a pretty significant number three yeah. there as well. Yeah. yeah. Huge. So Brandon wow. Puffer is our guest. Uh, we're going to come right back, and we're going to dig in to the story in, in 2007 uh, that, that uh, landed him in prison for three and a half years. He was sentenced to five, uh, served three and a half, and was eligible for parole and uh, free to start that new life. And that's what we're going to talk about. We'll be right back. Welcome back into the show. Happy New Year on behalf of Breaking the Norm. My guest is Brandon Puffer. He's a former big league pitcher with the Astros, the Padres, and the Giants. He's got a new book coming out. Uh, that is out, I'm sorry, from the bullpen to the state pen. You can go to Amazon.com. Um, I'd rather you go to BrandonPuffer.com, and you can get it through there, if possible, there, because I want you to check out his website, um, at Coach Puff Positive uh, is where he shares encouraging quotes, messages. He's on Twitter there, and uh, he also has some really cool stuff going on down in Texas, so I want you to check that out as well. So, Brandon, uh, based on the book here, um, you'd played in the big leagues, uh, were, you were called up by Boston in 04, the year they won the World Series, uh, they went 0-3 and, and then ran the table and won the next eight games to, to win it. But in 2007, you were with the Texas Rangers playing in AA, the Frisco Rough Riders. 
And then after a playoff game, uh, there was a celebratory night. You joined your teammates. And so we're going to let you take it from there and what happened on that night. Absolutely, Les. Just to back up just a little sure. bit, I had been sent to that at Frisco Rangers AA affiliate. It's kind of like a Bull Durham situation for those who sure. have seen that movie. I had a little bit of time. It was older guys in my early 30s, and I went back to kind of ironically help mentor some you know young prospects like Elvis Andrews and Chris Davis and Derek Holland and just a bunch of guys that they knew were going to be you know future big leaguers. So. Wow. I loved the role, loved everything about it. My career was on path. I had a couple more years in Double A, and then become a coach in their system. I wanted to be a big league bullpen coach. And that whole season, and then even backing up a little further, I'd always had issues with with addiction. Um, I had five years sober prior to that. During a tough life experience, I, I slipped and fell off the wagon, and had kind of let those footholds back in my life. Of you know, I, I talk about having a God shaped hole in me, and I tried to fill it with alcohol and chasing women and being a tough guy and performance on the field and all those different things. And so those were always just kind of a part of me, a struggle. Some people just call it, you know, fight your demons, whatever the case may be is very real for me. And still, still is a daily, daily battle that I have to be on top of. And so there in 2007, I I went through the year and then 2008, I believe actually they called me back to that role in Frisco. I obliged, thought it was was awesome, loved it. And the entire season, those young guys were asking me to go out with them. They were like, Puff, you know, mm. we heard you used to get after it. Come on, yada, yada. The, the whole peer pressure thing, which never goes away. And I, I held true to it in terms of I didn't go out with them the whole year. I was a guy that my mentor you. I was the chapel leader less. I mean, talk about double life, you know, just being right. a hypocrite. Because I would still go out on my own and kind of fight those battles and then just kind of act like I had it all together. Right, right. And I didn't. But I didn't want to let them down. I, I, I just was like, you know, and I always tell people, just just be open. That's exhausting, that isn't it? Because we all are. It's exhausting living that life. Living that double life. Yeah, horrible. So that was kind of my 08 season. And then as you alluded to, we, we come to September. Um, we make it to the championship. We've got a really good group. And, um, you know, it's a Friday night. It's September 13th. Or I say, should say during the day, I'm driving into the ballpark, kind of going through my routine. And you know, something in me is just like, you know what? You're, you're going to be home next week, and these guys have been great all year. Just go boss and see, you know, one night, right? One night. And that's my big message to people is like one bad decision, one bad choice, right? And so I'll tell you, last driving in, I had the feeling of like a strong feeling of this is not a good idea. Don't oh, do it. Wow. And I just pushed that down. Yeah, I just pushed it down. It was like, oh, you know, one night, come on. And prior to that, guys had said, come on, man, it's one night. And I said, guys, I can ruin my life in one night. Like, you don't know right. kind of this addiction part of me, right? And so long story short, I come in, I tell them, hey, what are we doing tonight? And they all excited, you know, Frank the Tank, Puffer's coming out. And we have our game. We go out. I mean, again, September 13th is like every other night. Go to the ballpark, play a game go out with the guys afterwards. Uh, this time it turned out a little different for me. I, I was, um, we were done partying, doing all the things. I'm not going to glorify any of it, but doing, you know, going out after the, the game and, and all that good stuff. And then um, I just couldn't turn my motor off. You know, I was just continuing to go, Hey guy. And I think part of it was like, Oh, it's my one chance to party. And I have kind of addictive personality. I just want to keep going. I want to keep going. And we were in an apartment complex where I'd lived the, the year before. And there was a, a young lady, uh, 27 years old. And she had always had, parties and she was always kind of calling us up there going hey come on and i never went and, and i told these guys go oh, i have a friend that lives here i'm gonna go see if she's having enough you know people over and it's three in the morning lesson but in my state of mind um i was in a blackout i don't remember much of it which does not negate any responsibility at all I'm sure just saying, I, I, guys are telling me this after the fact that they kept saying puff go to bed puff it's you know let's just go to bed and then finally they're like you know you're an adult do whatever yeah so i walk over there 
and, and, and all I can say is once I had time to sit down and think about this, like what in my right mind, which I wasn't in, but what in any state of mind thought this was okay. I knocked on the door, no answer. Of course it's three in the morning. Um, I, I opened the door, it was unlocked and that's where my whole life changed. And same with that young lady. I, I walked into the bedroom. I, I took off my clothes and I'm being very candid with you here. I don't sure. always do that depending on who's in the audience, but I feel that's what we need to do here. Yes. And I tried to get in bed with her. And at that point, obviously she, she was scared. She screamed. That's kind of woke me up. It's the only thing I remember. Um, I was told I grabbed my clothes, jumped down 19 steps and was arrested in the parking lot. And the only thing I remember from that entire night was hearing that scream and just the fact that I had hurt someone. Cause even in, even in my, in the times at that time of being a, you know, addicted. I, I was not a person that wanted to hurt people. I wanted to encourage people. I was a, I was a, you know, a leader of our team. I was not a guy that was out trying to harm anybody. And so right. it just really hurt me. Still, that still does. I mean, really, it does. And, I, and I'm hopeful that some of the good that comes from this can, can just, just can maybe be some form of redemption for that. Um, but yeah, so that happened. The next day, uh, I, I was, I woke up. This is what I also remember. Obviously, I was in county jail, wearing an orange jumpsuit. Um, mm. Our clubhouse manager was there to bail me out. Oh, gosh, so sobering. And I'm looking around going, this, you only see this in a movie. Like, what happened? And I'm asking um, Brandon, the, the clubhouse manager, Brandon Boyd, I said, Boyd, what happened? What, what in the world's going on? He goes, I don't know. You called me last night. And thank God, I, I thought you were kidding. But I came to double check, and here you are. And I looked at the paperwork, and I just couldn't believe it, Les. And, and so went to the ballpark the next day. I'm out on bail. Uh, we've had another game, played the game, went home, kind of thought this was going to be another one of those things, get swept under the rug, like, hey, you know, <laughs> maybe it wasn't that big of a deal. It was just a bad decision. Maybe she and won't press charges when she realizes it was you or something. Right. Like, hey, I knew this person. You know, so my – and by the way, my, my crime was burglary of a habitation. I walked in the apartment uninvited yeah. with the intent to commit sexual assault. And, that, and I had such a hard time with that intent word. I was like – my intent was obviously not good, but I, you know, I, I picture like people busting down a door and holding somebody down. I'm like, no, right. but you know what? That's what I did. And I had no good reason to say I was there and my intentions weren't good. And so that's, that's what I had. And so nine months out on bail, I go to a jury trial, um, talk about a sobering event, a yeah. three day jury that trial. That was scary. Just, Is that number oh, three again, by the I way, never, too? Yeah. number Yes. And I just remember the state of Texas versus Brandon Puffer. And I'm like, goodness gracious, oh, you know, what, what in the world? That's real. And so went through that. That was real. I, I was blessed to have, you know, Nolan Ryan, my former manager, Jackie Moore came in as character witnesses. You know, we tried to pull out all the stops. And my prayer to that point was, God, just don't send me to prison. I just don't want to go to prison. Like I'll, I'll be good. You know, you know, those prayers when you're trying to get out of something. And they came in with the sentence five years. Uh, they came to handcuff me and take me away. I asked if I could say bye to my dad. They said no. Um, wow. They took me to like kind of a side holding room, stripped me of all my belongings, you know, my clothes and all that stuff, put me in their white jumpsuit. And literally, less when the bar, there was a little holding cell there um, while they processed me. When I heard the clank of the bars, and this is what makes me think of like a movie scene, that was it. I just said, you know what? And I know it should have it been way before that, but at that point, my prayer changed from not get me out of this, not I'll be good, but... Lord, this is where I've got myself. This is where my selfishness and, and my decisions have gotten me. And so whatever you have for me moving forward, I'm open. Like starting right now, not get me out. Not okay. I'll, I'll yeah. be good. Please, please let me get parole right away. Just 
I'll walk it out. If, if That's humility, industry, brother. I'm walk it out. That's humility. Oh man. Yeah, so it it, um, it did. It hit me really hard there, and that that's that's what landed me there. Like you said, I did three and a half years, and obviously, you know, not not a fun place to be, and you witness a lot of things. Well, that's what um, I was going to ask you. I mean, I don't need to know the real super yeah. intricate, crazy details because yeah. you know I don't want to bring up pain or anything. But again, we're using this, no, no. To, you know, for other people too. But um, was it? what you thought was it way worse than what you thought i mean luckily you're a pretty good sized guy and an athlete even back then but yeah. but still i mean that that's not an easy life and you, you don't i've never right. seen anything on television or read any article or any movie where prison was guys just getting along and not trying to hurt each other right no it, it, and it is it's everything you see on tv and it's all those things and, and, and being a, a bigger guy physically helps but that had to come along with to your point just being very humble yeah. uh, putting my head down being respectful uh, I really took it as a time to, to better myself and people respected that for the most part and they do pick on folks typically that are a little smaller and weaker so again just having a physical presence helps but not in the case where I was going around intimidating nothing like right, that right. very 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 humble but just I think you're right to your point that helps and then but to be honest with you, Les, I, 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 people ask this all the time. Yeah, I saw I was in gang wars. I, I was eating spaghetti off the floor because there was a gang war going on, and they'd done the tear gas. I knew we weren't going to have a chance to eat because they were going to lock everybody down. So I'm finishing my spaghetti real quick while I'm on the ground. So there was definitely some times where it was like, man, this is this is crazy. I mean, you never would think you'd see this. But the worst part is not being able to hug your family, mm. not being able to call them when you want to, mm. not being able to, to pick up the phone or text them or – just give him a hug. And again, my family was out of state. So I was here. I didn't have a lot of visits or anything like that. And that was the worst part is just being alone and wow. not having to be able to choose for yourself and being yeah. told what to do all the time. And, and yeah, it's, it's not made to be a glamorous place for good reason. Yeah. Um, you want to get out of there, but it's also not made to really reform you. You have to be very intentional about how you do your time. If you want to come out a better person. And, and there are some amazing, I want to say this, there's some amazing men in there that I met that are talented, gifted, uh, but again, just made a bad mistake or got caught up in addiction or whatever the case may be. And some of those guys are still there to this day and, and may not ever get out. Some of the mm. ones I met, it's like, man, these aren't, these aren't horrible people less. They're just people that made terrible decisions yeah. for sure. Yeah. And be- prior to this happening to me, I kind of felt like, oh, whatever, you know, they're in there and it's just, yeah, that's where you belong and whatever. And now it's like, certainly it serves a purpose, but it's like, man, I have I'm more of a heart for people and, and look at them more as, okay, a decision or a choice they made. That may have come from a long line of, you know, things that were done to them that were hurtful. And now this is kind of the end result for them. And it's really sad. Yeah. Well, you talked about being intentional to make yourself better while you were in there. Yeah. What, are, what are some decisions you made or things that you worked on or, or did or whatever to yeah. to really use that three and a half years uh, to to make that positive change that, that's got you to where you are now? Yes, great question, Les. For me, it came down to, uh, obviously, a constant conversation with God in prayer. Mm-hmm. You know, like Brother Lawrence and practicing his presence, just, you know, again, you don't really, when you're in the world, like I'm back in the world now, and it's it's phone and, and running a program and coaching, you're just going. So now I really have to be intentional. But it's there, it's like, okay, it's your choice. You have not a whole lot of things going on. So just being intentional with my prayer, reading my word, um, reading other books, you know, self-help, uh, cognitive intervention we actually had a class called Cognitive Intervention in there to kind of go and learn about my thoughts and, mm-hmm. and how we, we get to a certain point. It doesn't just happen overnight. I mean, yes, this was one bad night, one bad choice, 
but it's a culmination of many, many bad decisions and thoughts and, and different things that I entertained. And now it's okay. Let's, let's figure that out. Let's go to the core of this thing. So again, just getting in every class I could get in any downtime I had, I was reading or working out. Uh, you do have a job. So, you know, I'd work in there. I do uh, I was a janitor at one point, you know, pitching a big league mound, and now you're, you're sweeping and mopping the prison floor. But again, I will tell you, Les, from that moment when those bars clanked and I surrendered, I had peace. Mm. I knew what happiness was. If you're doing good, you have money, you win, you're happy. Yeah. Well, when that goes away, you're not happy. And joy and peace comes from something within, and, and for me and you, our relationship with Christ. And Amen. I had it in there. And I would sweep and mop and sing and and praise and worship, and guys are like, well, you're crazy, man. Like you were, Some people knew what I did before, and they're like, huh, what's wrong with you? And I'm like, nothing, man. I just, this is, now I know that you can't take my peace and joy. You can take my happiness and my freedom and all these different things, my baseball career, but but now it's, it's different. And so um, that's that that's what I did. I just chose to be really positive, and it was a choice. I mean, trust me, there were definitely times where I had to keep reminding myself, just, okay, choose, or at the end of the day, I was like, thank you for just getting me through this day. Uh, just wake up next morning, just get me through this one. So it's very one day at a time, um, very much keeping my nose in, in books. And, and um, you know, you could find different people to, to talk to, too, that had great wisdom. And, and so just trying to be intentional about who I spent my time with as well. That's good, man. Brandon, thanks for sharing that story, especially with the details and, and just the in-depth part of it, you man. I, I, I still appreciate it. I want to remind everybody, go to brandonpuffer.com, or you can also go to amazon.com and get his new book, From the Bullpen to the State Pen. Uh, make sure you check it out. And uh, yeah, man, this is a, it's an incredible story, but what I'm not, what I'm not hearing is yes, there's mistake in there, but I'm really hearing genuine humility, genuine repentance and a God that forgives when the heart is put in the right place. Instead of being, being sorry, you got caught being sorry, you did what you did and then turning around and uh, you know, actually making a, a intentional, purposeful change in your life to run toward God instead of away from him, man. And God's going to use this story, man. He's using you. He's going to continue to use you. And brother, um, I can't thank you enough for just being bold and uh, transparent and sharing it, man. Well, thank you, Les. That's that's very encouraging. And obviously it's it's a bit embarrassing, to be honest. And um, folks will ask me, like, you know, how do you feel about sharing that? Well, it's embarrassing and it hurts. But at the end of the day, again, my, my whole goal and purpose is to make this not be in, in, in vain and, and hopefully helps and encourage some people that have either a made a huge mistake and there's life after that. Here's how you move forward or B are heading down that road and going, wait a minute, I don't want to go down that path that Brandon had to endure. So let, let me, let me try to make some changes now. Well, brother, listen, um, it's, you know, I've got, I've got sons that are 21 and 18 in, in, in a couple months here. Mm. And uh, I, wow. Uh, obviously being a former major league player myself back in the nineties and a little bit before you, but, um, didn't play very long, but yeah, I, I'm in media, I'm in radio and TV and I cover the Royals and, 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 and major league baseball as well as other sports and even some high school and college stuff as well. And so, you know, uh, I, I always respect a guy that, because I know what it takes to get to the big leagues. And I don't know if you know this, but since like 1880, do you know how many players, even for a single day, have had one day in the major leagues wearing a, a uniform. Do you know that number? Less. I just saw a tweet yes. a couple days ago. Okay, I good. I want to say around 23,000 Yep, that's right, that's right, that's right. And where, where it really hit home for me is whoever wrote the tweet said you could fit that in one baseball stadium right now, and I was like, wow, yeah. that's amazing. So I actually looked, 
and I was 18,049. I didn't know that before then. But after I saw that tweet, I was like, Oh, yeah. And I looked, and I'm like, sure enough, there it is. So, yeah, yeah no, it's, what an honor, man. It's what a, a blessing. It is an honor, and it's a blessing. And, and, and I have, obviously, admiration and respect for that because I know what it took me being a, a six-foot, 175, 180-pound outfielder to be able to stay there for even a little bit of time. But what I want to tell yeah. you is, is that that would impress me, and I would have my sons watch you. But the man that you are now and what you're doing – I would have my sons come listen to you, have them meet you and shake your hand oh. because, again, it's the, it's a real man that gets up from what he did, that owns his decisions and uses them to help people and glorify God in it. That's why you're God's man. I'm, I'm, I'm proud that you could throw a baseball as hard as you did and with the funk that you put on it, but I'm more proud of the man that you are, dude. And so when I say thank you, please don't take that lightly because you're a person that I would have my sons be mentored by. Oh, wow. Thank you, Les. I mean, they, honestly, there's not, I, I have children myself, and there's, there's really no better um, encouragement or praise than that. So I just want to say thank you for saying that. Absolutely. You got it. Well, we're going we're gonna to come back a little bit, and we're going to see what's going on in the future now. What's Brandon doing now All heading right. forward, man? I'm excited in our final segment uh, to check that out, to stay here with more with uh, Brandon Puffer. We'll be right back with more Breaking the Norm. Stay tuned. Welcome back into the show. Happy New Year from Breaking the Norm. My guest is Brandon Puffer, former big league pitcher for the Astros, the Padres, and the Giants. And uh, he's got a book that is out from the bullpen to the state pen. And we don't have a lot of time left. So if, you didn't, if you're catching here in the third segment, go back to – you can come to uh, – go to lesnorman.com on the radio page, and it's going to be posted very soon. But uh, he, he shared the story of how he uh, was – uh, convicted of, of a crime and uh, went to prison for three and a half years from a five-year prison sentence. And he explains kind of what that what that night. He was a, a coach, uh, kind of a mentor coach in uh, AA affiliate of the Texas Rangers, the Frisco Rough Riders, back in 0708. And so um, he told the story in our last segment. But but the cool thing about it is it's not you know it's okay to not be okay. It's just not okay to stay there, and he hasn't stayed there. He's using his story of imprisonment and incarceration with humility, with bravery, with sharing it, and, and, and he's just so real about it. One of the things, Brandon, I love that you said is, you know, as I talk about it now, yeah, it's still embarrassing, and there's people that were hurt by it, but I'm going to use it to help other people, to glorify God, and I think that's true humility, and, and it's what real men do, brother. It's what real men do. So tell me what you're up to now. What is Brandon Puffer doing now? Absolutely, Les. So now the coolest, and this is the coolest part to talk about because it comes down to hope and redemption and, and how, how cool God can be if, again, there's humility involved. So now what I, what I do is I, I have a travel select, um, you know, nonprofit high school youth baseball program. It's called GPS Legends, and um, we're here out of the Austin, Texas area, but we kind of, you know, you alluded your son's playing. We, we hit the circuit and, and go out and try to help kids. You know, for the youth, just develop, become better young men on and off the field. Once they get to high school, same mission, but now we like to be advocates for them and, and help them find that good home to go play in college, which is such a such an honor to be a part of. We've had a, you know, a few guys drafted and several go on to play in college. That's All that so cool. on our website. Oh, man, it's, it's amazing. And just I know we don't have a lot of time, but to back up, when I came out, Reed Ryan, who owned you know, Nolan Sun, owned the, the Round Rock Express here yeah. where I live in Austin, the AAA affiliate, you know, we, we stayed, he's always been awesome and just a great buddy. And, we, and he wrote me and said, Hey, just look me up when you come out and we'll do what we can. And 
I went and met them at the stadium, and they said, hey, we don't have much going on, but we have a maintenance position. Les, I can't fix a thing, brother. And yeah, they're like, if you want it, it's yours. And I'm like, cool, I get to show up at the baseball stadium every day and stain and paint and clean and do whatever. And I loved it. And I tell people, I said, just once you've been through what you've been through, you might have to take a, a humbling job. And again, people right. are like, well, you pissed out there. And now you're cleaning the bathrooms. I'm like, it doesn't matter, man. I'm back and I'm at a baseball stadium. Well, and the reason I'm sharing this is because I always wondered when I was gone, will baseball ever be a part of my life? Will anybody, you know, even want me to be a part of that, you know? And, and I always had a heart and a passion for it. So I had hope, but I didn't know. And so I took that humbling job as a maintenance guy at the Express and kind of picked up one pitching lesson, thinking they really want to do a pitching lesson with me? Okay, I would love to. It went well, picked up a couple more. The Express promoted me to be a, um, a, a baseball outreach coordinator, started a couple teams, and then took a leap of faith with a buddy of mine, Brian Gordon. We jumped out and started GPS. And, and now we have you know over 30 teams and, and wow. you know 300 families and, and just, the impact, it, it just, it all started with just, okay, humbly taking that job, watching what God did. And, and again, it comes down to God's grace, humility, and then also a, a strong support team that helped me. None of it, certainly none of this would have happened on my own. And, and we know that, but I, it's worth saying. Uh, but yeah, so that's what I'm up to now, man. I love it. I, I'll go do some pitching lessons tonight, uh, coaching kids up on the weekend. Obviously in summer, I'm out traveling all over the place, uh, mm-hmm. coaching the 17 year olds, trying to help them find a new home. But that's, that's my passion. I don't know if I ever would have found it again. My, my dream and goal is to be a big league bullpen coach. And I, if that came along today, I'd have to think about it. <laughs> It'd be such a yeah. good dream. Yeah. But with background checks and whatnot, probably not going to happen. But at the end of the day, I'm like, would I even consider that? Because the impact I can have on these kids and families doing this, I never knew about. And it just gets me, you know, it's so much glory. And I know what you're doing right now really fulfills what you did as a baseball player. I could just tell by your passion yeah. and what you do. And, Definitely. Folks will ask that, and I wondered that. Like, how am I? That was my routine every day, and that was my passion, and that was everything. How am I going to get that again? And I get it by coaching these kids up, man. I absolutely love it. Mm, man, I love it. So, where can people find you? Get a hold of you? Follow you on social media? Website information? All that stuff? Yeah. So, uh, BrandonPuffer.com kind of sends you to all those different places. I'm, I'm I'm most active personally on Twitter. Like you said, the Coach Puff Positive. P-O-S-I-T-V, um, and then the GPS Legends. We have a Twitter that I actually run, you know, as well. That's, that's more of the baseball stuff, which I love, and kind of just drag, bragging about the kids and what they're doing. Um, and then, yeah, I think ultimately, though, BrandonPuffer.com is what's going to kind of send you to all those, all those places. That's awesome. Man, I love it. Again, a copy of the book, From the Bullpen to the State Pen. You can go to BrandonPuffer.com. You can go to Amazon.com and get a copy of the book. Um, man, this dude is the real deal. Um, if we are measured as human beings by what we do wrong, you know, it's, it's interesting how God calls sin, sin, but human beings call one sin greater than another. And I get there are different consequences for the different things that we do. But as human beings, man, we are so driven on judging human beings by what they do wrong. But oftentimes it's just a matter of, of God using people in certain circumstances and and brandon you have been uh, such a humble dude I, I can't thank you enough for being here uh just for sharing yeah. your story again with humility and it's it's real and it's just a great story here as you're talking even in our second segment i'm sitting here thinking where in my life do i need to be broken now i'll be honest with you i didn't do anything nor do i want to go to prison but i'm no. sure nobody does and and definitely no. now from the story you've told nobody should want to go there but 
you know, there are just areas in life where, God, what area am I holding on to that I really need to be humble so you can work and be glorified? And there's something that Granger Smith said to you in in the podcast interview. And again, I want people to go to the, on on YouTube, you can go to the, the Brandon Puffer interview, Granger Smith, country music star, interviewed him. But you talked about how you had growing up, you had faith in your life. And then Granger said, yeah, you professed it, but you didn't possess it. And oftentimes, yes, yes, oftentimes we want to say the right thing or we want to live that double life. But when it comes down to it, hopefully we won't have to be humbled like you were humbled. But again, you didn't make excuses. You didn't uh, kick and fight and say, oh, it wasn't fair. People do this all the time. She should have dropped the charges, blah, blah, blah. You accepted it. You manned up. Yes. You owned it with the people that you hurt. And then you dove in. You intentionally made those changes. You pursued God. And, uh, dude, this is going to echo throughout eternity what you're going to do here. So, man, I commend mm-hmm. you. I thank you for being here. And, I uh, mean, if there's anything that we can ever do for Brandon Puffer, uh, you have got a pipeline to us. Okay, brother? Uh, thank you so much, Les. It's such an honor. And just a couple couple quick things. One, you, you talked about not going to prison. And, and I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure you never will. And hopefully most people listening won't. But just remember that prison in your mind can be just as powerful wow. um, as just the physical prison that I actually went through. And then if I could give two quick shout outs, yes. because we're in KC, man, Will Severns, I love you, brother. Great brother. Les loves you. Yes. This book did not happen without you. You made it come to life. And I'm so grateful. And then Gene Watson, bless you know, Gene. Yeah. Assistant to the GM there in KC. Yep. One of the greatest human beings and baseball men ever. So I don't know if he'll hear this, but if he does, or if folks are listening who are Royals fan and don't know who Gene is, man, what an awesome human being to be in the front mm. office for Kansas City Royals. I just love him to death. Well, thanks, so thank Brandon. You for letting me do that. You got it, man. Well, we're excited, Brandon. Thank you for being here. And to all of you, I want to remind you in our last 10 seconds, lesnorman.com is the website on Twitter at LNorman22. And if you got anything you want to say, come tell me. Less at lessnorman.com. On behalf of Brandon Puffer, I'm Les Norman. Thanks for listening to Breaking the Norm.